Bibles with me to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter number 14. We are going to read from verse 15 to 24. It's a story that we all know. It's a parable that we know. I told you in the first service that we are going to be talking about the messages or preaching the messages that Jesus preached. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 14, verse 15 to 24. Now when those who sat at table with him had these things, he said to them, Blessed is he who sits, who eats bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, A certain man, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many. And sent his servants to supper. To say that to those who were invited, come for all the things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. I am going to test them. I ask you, have, I ask to, you to have me excused. Another Still another said, I have married a wife. I think that one is Emmanuel. Says, I have married a wife. Therefore, I cannot come. I'm not ushering today. My wife is here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mrs., don't mind us, okay? We, this church, we, we, we like to tease people. So, say, what is this? Is that the welcome I get? Hallelujah. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. So the servant came and reported these things to the master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servants, Go quickly, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded. Still, and still there is room. And the master of the servant then said the master to the servant, Go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Here ends the reading of his holy word. You know, some of the times Jesus always tried to use parables to... Um, illustrate his sermons and um, one day in Matthew go with me to Matthew chapter 13 I want to show you why Jesus normally speaks in parables in Matthew chapter 10 the uh, chapter 13 verse 10 the, the the servant or the disciples came to him and said then the disciples came to him and said why do you speak to them in parables you know, I told you, those who were here yesterday, that Jesus spent more time with the disciples, teaching them the secrets, and with the congregation, he just told them parables. And so the disciples came and said, why do you speak to the congregation in parables, but for us, you speak plainly? And he said to them, verse 11, and he answered and said, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them... It has not been given. But he will explain verse 12 quickly. For whoever has to 
to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he will has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because, now there's a reason, because seeing they do not see, hear, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Next verse. And in them the prophecies of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear, and you shall not understand, and seeing you will see, but not perceive. Hallelujah. For the heart of these people is grown dull, and the ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so I should heal them. Hallelujah. So, you see, what Jesus was saying that it is not everybody that I waste my time to explain precious mysteries of God. I'll say it in a parable so that those who are inquiring, those that really want to learn, those that really want to understand will probe a little further. Amen. To understand the mysteries of the, 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 the kingdom, to understand why he said the uh, parable, and to gain the, glean the lessons from the parable. Hallelujah. The first thing you must understand about parables is that it helps to reveal the truth. It makes mysteries, hidden mysteries, become known to interested hearers and conceals truth from dull, disinterested hearers. Hallelujah. So let's go back to the parable. You know, like Pastor Sam was saying, this year or this month is our month of what? Preaching, prayer, praise, and preaching. Amen. Prayer, praise, and preaching. We all have to undertake prayer. We all have to learn to praise God. And we also all have to learn to preach. Amen. Amen. To preach. And why should we preach? We should preach because the master has made a banquet. Amen. I said the master has made a banquet. How many have organized a banquet before? Give me a wave. When I say banquet, a party, you made a party. And then you invited people. But they didn't show up. Has it, has it happened to you before? So that you have to throw the food away. How many will feel very, very upset about it? It will be very, very unfortunate that I have gone through the pains and I've organized, cooked, done a barbecue. And then... I'll try and be a Christian. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. It, is, it will not be nice that you have, to, you have organized and spent so much money. You invite people and they don't show up. Amen. God has prepared a place for you and I. He's organized a banquet. In John chapter 14, he says that in my father's house are many mansions. I have, it's like I'm going to prepare a place for you. 
I'm going to make the banquet so that you will come and enjoy. And the Bible says that when the, the banquet was ready, he sent his servants for the special guests. Amen. You and I are the servants that have been sent. I was wondering if the, if the Bible has said that, and when he sent his servant, the servant sat in the marketplace just to play or have uh, discussions with their, themselves and not gone. I'm sure the anger that the master had with the invited guests would have been on the servants and even more because he really wanted the place full. Turn me up a bit. I'm still struggling. Hallelujah. But they didn't. The people didn't come. Amen. The servants weren't ready. They, they went, but the people said, we are not ready. I mean, I was wondering, how do you buy a land before you prove it? You go and see it. In faith. In faith. I mean, you, you, you must have seen the land. You must inspect it before you buy it. How do you buy a car before you go to test drive it? I have bought five yoke of oxen. That's the equivalent of a card in those days. I've bought five, I've bought a tipper truck. I've bought a, an articulator, you know, a good, a trans, good uh, what do you call, vehicle. And, and I have to go and, and test drive it. You didn't get any time to test drive it until the night of the banquet. Who goes to test drive in the night? You see, excuse it's a very nice way of saying, I won't do it. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? If you, if you ask somebody to do something, and they come back and they are giving you an excuse. For me, if you come and you are giving me an excuse, in my mind, I say, you don't want to, you just don't want to insult me. So you are trying to find a nice way of saying that I won't come. And I find that more insulting than anything. Because you and I both know that what you are telling me doesn't make sense. But you are saying it so that I, because you don't say I won't come. So me, I, I prefer the last one who says I am married a wife, so therefore I won't come. Because he was the honest person. The rest were all being deceptive. I'm going to look at my land. I'm going to try my car. No. I think you are insulting my intelligence. You know, so the honest person said, I have married a wife, therefore I won't come. All of them were the same. I won't come, I won't come, I won't come. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. But you see, the, the master was upset, not because they necessarily weren't going to come, but because he wanted the place filled. I believe Jesus wants his house filled. Amen. I believe Jesus wants his house filled. He wants more souls. In Mark chapter 15, Verse 15, Mark 16, 15, sorry. I'm still thinking about the microphone, so I'm all over the place. Mark 16, 15. He says, and he said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Hallelujah. 
in Mark chapter 13, verse 10, it says that this gospel shall be preached to every nation. Amen. So God wants the gospel to go everywhere. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says that, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's the starting point. Judea, which is your neighboring point. Samaria, which is your enemies. And then to the utmost part of the world, which means that God wants us to invite our people in our homes. Witness to your neighbors, your classmates. Witness to your, your, your housemates. Hallelujah. Compel them, your work colleagues, then even your enemies. See, some, the Samaritans were enemies to the Jews. But it says, that go to Samaria, go to your enemies, and invite them. And then go to the utmost parts. Because this gospel has to be preached to everybody. Amen. Amen. This gospel has to be preached. This house must be filled. Amen. I said, this house must be filled. Amen. The kingdom of God must be filled. Amen. In case you, went, you, you didn't realize, people are filling the kingdom of hell. People, I mean, I was thinking that if you are on drugs, for instance, and you know how drugs has destroyed you and is destroying you, even when you look at yourself in the mirror, you can see that this is not how I used to be. The, the beauty has gone. But you deliberately give the drugs to somebody, you witness to somebody, you try and invite somebody into the destructive lifestyle. Are you understanding what I'm saying? How many know somebody who has done that before? Because all of us, all of us, anything bad that we ever learned, somebody taught us. Hello? You don't like what I'm saying? All of us, anything bad that we, we, have, we do, somebody taught us. Somebody who introduced us to it. Because they were witnesses of Satan in our lives. And now that you have seen the difference between how your life used to be chaotic and now that your life is organized and God has come into your life and things are better, how come you are quiet? How come we come to church by ourselves? We hide our Bible. In these days it's even easier. We put the Bible on our phones and we come to church. In a, a few years, months and years ago, when there was no mobile phones and everything, you, you have your Bible, you put it in a carrier bag or something, you hide it under your armpit and you come to church. So you always look for the smallest Bible the, so, so that people will not see as you are carrying it. But have you seen that people who carry drugs and alcohol, they hold their bottle. Even though it is destroyed them and is destroying them, they hold the bottle with pride. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? But we are, we have the gospel, we have the truth, we have the light. 
You know, I was thinking about it uh, this morning. That do you know that darkness is not powerful? Because darkness has no power. There is, if, if we say we want to quantify sound, we th think about decibels, we think about ohms, isn't it? We think about sound waves. Uh, did you get it? If we, we think about light, we think about lumens, we think about rays, we think about kilowatts, we can quantify. But try quantifying darkness. How many can quantify darkness? There is no quant uh, quantifier of darkness. And it doesn't matter how dark it is. The smallest amount of light displaces the darkness. In John chapter 1 verse 5, it says, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can comprehend it not. Which means that we have a certain power that it doesn't matter what type of light, what type of darkness, the small light in you can displace it. So you're small, I don't know much, Pastor, I don't know much in the Bible. I don't know much, I just came, became a Christian not long ago. I don't even know my Bible very well. But you have a little light. That light alone can overcome any gross darkness. It doesn't matter how dark this room is. If you have a small, even a lighter, the, the smallest lighter, when you bring it into this place and you put a light out, you will see. Because that little light has some rays. It has some lumens that overcomes the gross darkness. And Jesus said that you are the light of the world. Who lights a candle and puts it under a bed? Who lights a candle and puts it under a table? We say we are filled with joy. Our hearts are filled with... What was the song we're singing this afternoon? Uh, when you see me dance, I dance like a winner man. You are dancing like a winner man because the winner man lives in you. And you know the difference between how you used to be defeated and how you are now an overcomer. How come you have this light and you're hiding under the table? When the world is lying in gross darkness. Hallelujah. The, 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 the banquet was so beautiful. So enjoyable. In fact, the man has brought his best china. His best cutlery. To serve. You know, and how many know that it's an honor to be invited to the banquet? It's an honor. But we take this honor and we just throw it away. We take, have you ever been to a city center and you're giving flies? Somebody takes it and just throws it away in front of you. We take this honor and just throw it away. Hallelujah. But I want you to understand that we are no better than those who just make nonsense of this great opportunity. Because we know the truth. 
We have the truth like the servant. We have the truth, but we don't share it. We sit on it. We came past our roommates. We came a whole corridor full of people. Some of them are broken hearted. Some of them, their boyfriends have jilted them. Some of them have issues at home. Their mothers have left their fathers. And now they have like younger brothers and sisters at home. They have to find a way to be in, in school and maybe go home and look after. Some of them, their younger siblings have been molested by their parents. And they are the only ones who know about it. And so it is eating them inside. They need a light. Otherwise, they are going crazy. Hallelujah. You, you see, all the people you sit in lecture rooms with, all the people we see in the, in the supermarket, not everybody is at peace, you know. Not everybody has peace. And some of them, all they need is Jesus. Because Jesus is the answer. All they need is Jesus to make sense of this senseless life. And we have the truth. I'm sure that if I were to ask the people sitting in this room, how many of you, Christ has made a difference in your life. Your life was very, very confused and very disorganized. But since you gave your life to Christ, Christ has made sense of your life. Give me a wave. I'm sure we all have a witness. Hallelujah. But why don't we also share that same light with people? So that they will also make sense of this senseless life that we have. But we take the truth. We sit on it. And we make sure that the house stays empty. And we expect the owner of the banquet to be happy with us. Hallelujah. I pray that we will change our habit. Oh, I say I pray that we will change our habit. I pray that we will become evangelists. It doesn't take much to invite somebody. All of us, we have invited somebody into, into a place before. You invited somebody to a, a party, a nightclub. You invited somebody to go to the library with you. You invited somebody to go somewhere with you. If you have done that before, you should be able to invite somebody to come to church with you. God doesn't will that anybody should perish. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to, the, come to repentance. He doesn't want any to perish. Amen. I say God doesn't want any to perish. He wants all to come to Repentance. Amen. In Revelation 22, 17, it says, and the spirit and the and the spirit and the bride say, Come and let him that here come. Let him that is attest come and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. Amen. The spirit and the bride say, Come, let him who hears. Who says, come, let him who tests come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life 
freely. This is the great invitation. I said this is the great invitation. He expects us to extend that invitation to other people. Amen. The Lord sends his servants to bid them to come. In Romans 10 verse 14, the Bible says that, How then shall they call on him who they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Think about it. How can they call? The Bible says, anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But the question is that, how can they call the name of the Lord when they don't know the name? They have not heard it. And how can they hear when no one has gone to preach the word? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Now today I am sending us in the name of the Lord. I am commissioning you to be a preacher. Amen. You don't have to be called pastor, prophet, doctor, apostle, archbishop. Before you go. Hallelujah. You don't have to have a title to go. All of us, if you want a title today, I've commissioned you all preachers. I've commissioned you. Amen. Uh, hallelujah. Amen. And I, have, I, I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will be released upon you. So that you'll be an effective witness. Amen. Amen. In Matthew chapter 10 verse 6. He says that, but go rather to the lordship of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach. Somebody say preach. preach. Preach the word saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Some of us, we have never prayed for anybody who was sick before. But you see, as soon as you start going, the anointing for healing the sick is released. Amen. Amen. Say, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely have you received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belt, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics or, or sandals or staff, for a worker is worthy of the food, of his food. Which means that as you go, God will make your provisions ready for you. Now, whatever city or town you enter, inquire who is worthy and stay there till you go out. Amen. And when you go into a house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. Whoever will not receive you or hear your words, when you depart from that city, that house or city, shake the dust off your feet. Amen. Amen. This is Jesus talking, sending us, and he says that go, preach. If they receive you, it is well. If they don't, at least you have gone. There's a scripture that always scares me. I'm not going to show, share it with you yet. But it says that if I say to the wicked, that you will die and perish in your sins. And you don't go and warn them. And they die. They will perish and go to hell. But I will require their blood from your hand. You are the only Jesus Christ that somebody will ever see. Somebody will never hear like the preaching, a sermon like I'm preaching. 
But they will hear you when you go and say, Jesus loves you. I want to invite you to the house of God. I want you to come. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take upon you my yoke, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Hallelujah. It means that bring your heavy burden. Give me a big bag. Auntie, give me your bag. I've been seeing a, a almost 70 year old person who has a nice fashion sense like you before. <laughs> you won't think that she's almost 70. This is my heavy load. This is my heavy load. I wish I could get somebody else's. Who has a big bag? Normally, the, the, Debbie always has a big bag. Debbie always has a big bag. And I was not wrong. Okay. So, this is depression. This is sickness. This is frustration. My husband is cheating on me. My husband says they don't like me anymore. My children are on drugs. And I'm carrying all this heavy. I wish I could get some more. Do you have some more? Big bags. So this is, I am broke. My landlord has given me last warning. I wish I can get some more bags. More bags, please. More bags. Uh-huh. Why did I? Uh, okay, she always has. More bags, please. More bags. So, can I have some bags from here? Hmm. Now, this are, they have gone beyond. So, look at it. I have depression. I have uh, financial problems. I have medical problems. I have marital problems. I have school problems. I have all this. And he says that come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Who? 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 Take upon you my yoke. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the yoke. How many will say that the, the exchange is really, really powerful? Yeah. That all these heavy things for this. Yeah. And what is this? This is that you go and tell somebody that I used to carry all this load. Yeah. It was weighing me down. I could not handle it. And now the Lord has set me free. I am free indeed. Praise the Lord. I am free. No longer bound. No more chains holding me. My soul is rested in the fact that I am truly free. Just tell somebody, that's all. You know, every job God gives us, the real jobs God gives us, is very easy. You know the job he gave to Adam? Name the animals. 
When you see a cow coming, moo, it's a cow. When you see an elephant coming, this looks like an elephant, it's an elephant. When you see a snake, snake. When you see this, you call it by its name. That's the job. So his burden is very simple. Tell everybody about the love of God. Tell everybody your experience. Your experience alone is gospel. I say your experience alone is gospel. I was just sharing uh, with, uh, where is effective? I was just sharing with effective um, earlier on, before we started the service, that my area, all the young people, and as I was talking to my, I was trying to figure out in my area that I grew up, all the young men, my age group, you know, two years or three years above me, two or three years be behind me, all of them are either dead on drugs or gone mental. I'm telling you, all the, the, the area I grew, grew up in, because their parents were very wealthy and the wealth entered their heads. You know, my area at the age of 12, 13, Driving car, car racing was a common thing. Common thing. Take your father's Mercedes Benz and you, you go and challenge your, your friends uh, to also bring his father's. You, then we start racing. That was the, the, the type of place I grew up. The people are either on drugs, lost their heads, dead before their time. Oh, out of the, the whole area, only three boys have anything close to sanity. And even that, one has just left his wife. And I'm the other one. <laughs> and then the other one, I don't know where he is. Hallelujah. It's a testimony. The only reason why I have something called a little bit of sanity is because Christ has made a difference. Even in my own house, my own brother is on drugs few years older than, few months older than me. Christ makes the difference. That's my burden to share. After my, my heavy load has been put down, my burden is to share my testimony. How can I, how can I neglect so great a, a, a salvation that has been given me? Am I better than any of the guys who are on drugs, who have died? I was not better. I was the same as them. We're all doing the same thing. What makes the difference? Jesus makes the difference. How can I receive this great gift and not share it with anybody? Hallelujah. I don't know if I remember where the, the burdens go. This is yours. And this is also yours. These are burdens that people are carrying. This one looks like, okay. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for all those who have burdens. <laughs> Hallelujah. They are not burdens, I beg you. Amen. Oh, I said amen. amen. Are you learning something? So the, the, the people were giving excuses, so he decided to in, in, increase the invitees. He said, when the servants, when they said to him, the people who are meant for this are saying that they have other things to do. 
If that is the case, let us extend the invitees. The people who look nice like us, will not, who are sane like us, will not come and sit here and listen to the gospel. Let's bring others. I say, let's bring others who are homeless, who are discombobulated, who are on drugs, who are confused, who are indebted, who are on the run. Let's bring them. Hallelujah. I say, let's bring them. Why should we have a church of empty chairs? These days, we have made the churches smaller, the rooms smaller, to appease our laziness. So you go to a church, the number of chairs will just be this row. Whereas the stadiums are getting bigger. Almost all the stadiums, they, they, they say small, then they pull it down, then put a bigger um, stadium up with more seats because more people are going there. Why? Because they are being invited. Have you not realized that as people are getting, uh, you, you get married, you have children, and you support Manchester United, right? You didn't get any proper team to support. So you support Manchester United. When you, start, you are going to the stadium, you take your children along with you. Then the children also grow up and they also take their children with, with them to go and watch and they all become supporters and they, they try sometimes they go to the schools and they go and give free, um, what's it called, free jerseys to try and entice them. Sometimes they say at a certain age is free, come in so that you can be hooked to football. And football is very expensive. Traveling alone, every week they're on the road. If you go on the motorway, almost every Saturday, about 60% of the people driving up and down, they are because of football. Driving to go and watch football. From Newcastle to Southampton. That's almost the length of England. Just to go and watch football for 90 minutes. And then drive back again. Hallelujah. Because it is entertainment. But the gospel is more than entertainment. I say the gospel is more than entertainment. It is life to those that find it. So we have no excuse. Let's go. I say let's go. I say let's go. Look at your neighbor and tell them, tell them let's go. I say shake your neighbor and tell your neighbor let's go. Tell them that it's our month of preaching. So let's go and preach. Let's go and tell the world that Jesus saves. Let's go and tell the world that Christ is the answer. Let's go and tell the world that God has made a difference in my life. If God has made a difference in your life, lift up your hand and say, God has made a difference in my life. Hallelujah. He has made a difference. What a difference he has made in my life. And what a difference he will make in other lives if we go. Amen. My last, last point before we go. The one who comes are the ones who need it. There are some people waiting. Pastor Sam, they are about an average of a thousand people in Leeds waiting for us to come and invite them. 
They are waiting. You'll be amazed that there are people who pass in front of this building every Sunday, every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday. They pass and they don't know that there's a church like this here. They don't know that there's life like this here. They are waiting for somebody to say, come. I said, they are waiting for somebody to tell them what? Come. But we walk past. That light burden that has been given to us, we are put in our pocket and we are walking as if we haven't been given any burden. Remember, you exchanged your burden. Now, his burden is light and easy. He says, just invite others. Just invite them. Just tell them Jesus loves you. And I also love you. He has made a difference in my life. And he will make a difference in yours. Come with me to church. That's all. That's all. I said, that is all. I, I, I cannot help but, th- but think that if it had not been for Jesus Christ in my life, I would have ended up as one of those. Hallelujah. So it would be very selfish of me. I said, it would be very, very selfish of me not to be passionate to tell somebody that Jesus has made a difference in my life. We go to school. We go to work. We go to a supermarket. In this uh, day of uh, COVID-19 that people are running around buying gloves and sanitizers everywhere. So we also join them to buy gloves and uh, toilet as if the to- toilet will finish. When uh, <laughs> <somebody> say, colonial virus. <laughs> so, Somebody said, colonial virus. I said, what is that? Saying? Colonial virus is coming. <laughs> it's, going to, it's colonizing the whole world. <laughs> Hallelujah. That one is, the world is paying more attention to it than Jesus who is the solution. And we have joined it instead of saying to them that Jesus is the answer. I pray that we will change our strategy and make sure that we tell everybody. 